0: Welcome to the Press Play and Run podcast. The podcast for runners that don't really know their runners, put a stick on their trainers, press play and run just in case. Press Play and Run will give me, Ryan, our Scottish runner to some of you on Instagram, the chance to shine a light on everyday runners from clubs and couches across the United Kingdom and beyond. Each week we'll delve into everything from park runs to playlists, trainers to tantrums and mini runs to marathons. We will look to shine a light on the stories of some incredible everyday runners from the running community and hold them hostage until they pick a track to add to the Press Play and Run playlist, which you can search for and add on Spotify. So whether you're dragging yourself off the couch or taking your first tenths of steps in running, or you're one of those weird people in vests at the front of the pack, we look forward to joining you every other week on your long runs to keep you company and entertained. Until then, your only job is to press play and run. I'm delighted to be joined in episode six by two members of Emancipated Run crew. And in addition to both being members of the crew, we actually have one of the co-founders with us. So welcome to the Press Play and Run podcast, Jules Stevenson and Nina Ashton.
1: Hi. Oh, hi. Thank you for having us. Thank you very
2: much. It's really good to be here, Ryan.
0: Jules actually stopped over that name there because I've got Julia and Jules written down and I don't know if I should be using the Sunday name.
2: Wow. If you can call me Jules, um, only Julia if you're very naughty, or if I'm very naughty, actually. Um, but no, Jules is fine. Jules well, is absolutely
0: fine. If my track record's anything to go by, it'll be Julia by about 25 past, because usually I find myself in some kind of trouble. So I'll try my best. So thank you both for being here. And I'm delighted to get you on the timing has sort of aligned for me because International Women's Day, as we know, is on the day that this podcast is aired. And that's going that's to be fabulous. pushed forward for us for a week. So I usually put this out bi weekly. But I wanted to do something to mark that occasion. And when the stars aligned and I knew I was getting you both on at the same time. It just seemed too good. It was an open goal and I didn't want to pass it up.
2: Well we're pleased to be we, we're pleased to be featured as, as part of that celebration.
0: Absolutely yeah. And and we'll come to I'll come to explain how I even became aware of the work that you do. Um but could we kick off maybe? So I am aware because of just over the last few weeks of uh, following the journey of Emancipated Run Crew and seeing the work at the National Running Show and some of the work with Pete Cooper, which I'll come to. But could you maybe kick us off, Jules, just by telling us who or what Emancipated Run Crew is and how it came to sure. be? And then we'll find out a bit about Nina, your involvement as well.
2: Yeah, so, so Emancipated Run Crew is a running community, a family actually, we're, we're like a family, um, which was born to encourage black and brown people to run at grassroots running um, level. So there is two perceptions actually, there's one perception that says black people don't run, um, in terms of like, you know, when you go out and you see people running on the streets, or running groups or running clubs, you don't often see black people in amongst that kind of um those those groupings or the black people do run and completely dominate sports because look at Usain Bolt and look at Dina Asher Smith and look at you know Kipchoge and you know at the elite level there's loads of representation and so there isn't a problem in running and our thing was Well, the only time you talk about black people in running, particularly long distance, is when you're talking about those elite runners. And if you pick up a copy of Runners World magazine, for example, we're rarely seen at that level. Or if you go to your local park run, you may see people running, but you may not see very many people who look like you, if you're a black or brown person. So we founded Emancipated Run Crews, myself, my sister, Denise, and our running brother, Trojan Gordon, um we have we're actually neighbors we live down the road from each other we've known each other for many many years um meeting at our local train station but my sister was the first kind of run in the group and she encouraged Trojan to run she also encouraged me to run and so over the years we kind of went our different running ways and I can talk a bit more about my own specific running journey but um we kind of came together because we we felt quite a similar we had quite similar experiences. So we would go to runs, you know, either throughout the UK or D&I, my sister used to go and run at races abroad. And we were just like, you know, we just aren't seeing enough people and we really need to do something to encourage black and brown people to get out and get active and show that runners come in all different shapes and sizes because there's also a perception that a runner looks a particular way. So I am like a curvy black woman with like thighs and hips. And, you know, I, when I first started running, I didn't want to go out and be seen because I didn't feel like I looked like a lean life, you know, sprinter or, or long distance runner. And um, so part of our, our thing was to show that there are different types of runners as well. So long story short, Trojan had a, a WhatsApp group that he formed around 2014 for a small group of runners that um, he encouraged to go do, I think it was the Cardiff half marathon and um, roll on a few years. Dee and I were doing, um, we launched an Instagram page called we run, we eat, which journey journaled our running kind of journeys around the world and eating because we love to eat. That's why I run. Um, And um, we were kind of talking about what we could do and the, WhatsApp group kind of became the springboard for us kind of going out and encouraging people that we saw around like our local park run to join and like you know we kind of got this WhatsApp group to encourage people and then in 2019 it, it had grown you know from like you know less than 10 people to about I don't know 20 people was on this WhatsApp group and um, we'd been trying to come up with names for the WhatsApp group that kind of would give us an identity and I had this divine inspiration i call it of emancipated run crew. and the kind of idea around that was that um you know, we were all descendants of people who had been formerly enslaved people or colonized people or people who were marginalized from society, but we kind of were free to to run and to be ourselves. And one of the things that's very important in the group is that everyone's free to run their own race. So run free is our, our mantra. So don't try to be anyone else when you're running, you know, whether you're running a seven minute mile or a four minute mile, you should run free within yourself and as your own expression of what a runner is. And um, as soon as I spoke to Dean, I spoke to Treasure, and I to said, this is what I think we should call the group. And they were both like, oh my gosh, this is it. And I changed the name and I didn't actually say anything in the WhatsApp group. And then this energy just, you know, it birthed this energy within this within the WhatsApp group. And it just, from then there was just like a massive shift. And um it's amazing what kind of having an identity and a, a sense of purpose does for a group because it just from there just took off. And then obviously 2020 happened and, you know, going into COVID, being a, a WhatsApp kind of focus group, a virtual group really helped in terms of people really felt like they weren't alone and going through that whole lockdown experience. A lot of people you know we've got people who are married people who are single people who are older people who are younger and so it gave that sense of i'm not alone i've got my people i'm checking in every day and giving that sense of purpose and community and um also it's coincided with kind of the black lives matter summer and really kind of bringing forward some of the issues that we as as black and brown people experience kind of you know in the UK and the states, and in places where we are minoritized, um, and so it was really kind of important for us to 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 kind of have a voice and to represent people who give a voice to people who often aren't um, kind of shown or featured in the mainstream. And so that's part of what we do as well. And kind of you know really, we we're really kind of working to change um, the face of running for the better. Because I think you know. It's all about enriching this great sport that we all love and encouraging as many people to feel that they can participate and and get something amazing out of it too. I have gone on for about five hours, I feel.
0: (laughs) I'm delighted that you're going on for five minutes. The less of my voice and the more of yours, the more successful we've been today. People must be sick hearing me by now. So um, there's so many things I want to get into on that because there's bits that are completely tally with my own experience uh in terms of when we started this podcast and saying we because I've got quite a broad community behind me now didn't really know what it was going to be except that probably searching for a bit of that identity and community because yeah or for, for whatever reason it's very easy to find yourself on the outside looking in at that and feeling like everybody else is having that great time for completely different reasons to those mm. which you're outlining there. Uh, so that's, I think, what probably this is becoming about widening access and breaking down barriers. This is for the everyday runner, this podcast. I say that and then I end up with like an elite runner on there, but trying to talk to them about what before they were or after they were an elite runner.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so th- there's a lot to get into there. I just that perfect storm of black lives matter and but you said that the energy that comes from when people find an identity a reason beyond just the running because the running is itself is barely enough to just sustain um yes. before i start picking away at some of that nina can i bring you in can you tell me when you became a member how you found out about it and what that sort of initial journey has been like for you
1: yeah absolutely so um it's funny because it kind of coincides with um that whole black lives matter summer so when i first started running i didn't really think too much about groups or anything like that and i know a few people have mentioned clubs that i could join but like i think both of you said i never really felt like a proper runner to join these kind of elite groups or these very fast groups um But yeah, around that time, I remember there being quite a lot of focus on like diversity and inclusion. And I think it was... um another YouTube channel which um, did a video about Emancipated Run Crew and when I saw it I was like I never even knew any of this existed and I literally went straight to their Instagram and I was just like I just sent a message I was just like wow it's amazing I saw this video how do I join and I think it was Dee that responded to me and she was just like yeah of course you can join we're gonna add you to the WhatsApp group And again, because it was at the time of the lockdown and I was actually injured when I just, um, when I joined ERC, so... I was kind of looking for a little bit more motivation and advice and what I could do and how I could still kind of keep motivated even though I was injured so Dee joined me to the WhatsApp group and our WhatsApp group at first it moves about 100 miles per hour so many messages so many pictures but um, when she joined me to the group um, she kind of put a little bit of a bio about myself in there and loads of people were just saying welcome and really nice things and these are people that hadn't even met me before, they don't know me so it felt like a family just from the start and yeah I've been a member ever since and it's just been growing and growing and it's been great to meet so many different people. Um, Obviously when we were able to meet up Um, outside of lockdown, that was great because I'd spoken to these people and cheered them on in the WhatsApp group. I'd never actually seen them face to face. So it's great that we're kind of back in person now and can do lots of meetups and yeah, no, it's been really good. And the group is still growing quite a lot. Um, I guess my role in the group is that I look after the Instagram page for ERC. So mainly doing a lot of the content and stuff like that and post them
0: is there a geographical sense of the membership obviously something like that started as local as your train station um and then starts. yeah to, are you finding it starting to grow tentacles yeah
2: i mean we've got members in the states in ghana in you know yeah. all, all across the uk all across london so it's it's you know a crazy mix of people from all over and that's Mm -hmm. what we kind of love about it is that people feel plugged in even though you know we've got a member who um joined the end of last year who's coming over to run the London Marathon none of us have met her before she's a member you know she's she will be embraced as much as someone who we recruited from our local park run and that's what we love about it is that we're able to show that one when, when you have a family it's not about where you are it's about where your heart is and where your passions lie and um that's that's the magic of it because people feel as if you know that even if they're running and they're five hours ahead or two hours behind we're all still with them we're still you yeah. know that community behind them so that's what is so special about you know, what, what we're doing and what we've created.
0: So the train station group has moved off the train line just via, <laughs> via Ghana and <in> America. Um, <laughs>
2: exactly, exactly. But I
0: think that's important to point out. This is a predominantly or began with being a virtual space. And there is obviously the opportunity for your in-person events and meetups, but anyone can explore that space for, irrespective of where they are geographically. I just wanted to make sure that yeah. was, people were aware of that. Um, I, so as I said to you, I became aware of the work of ERC, I think just in and around the same time as the National Running Show. So this is moving on to episode five for me bi-weekly. And I'd spoken to Pete Cooper uh,
2: yeah, quite Pete.
0: quite early in the journey by a series of chaotic events. He used to work with my sister who lives in Surrey. Um. So I knew nothing of Pete's story, but she said to me, he has a really interesting story have a look into it and I'll see if I can put you in touch. But I just brass-naked it and sent him a, a DM anyway. So I'll shoot my shot, found out so much more and I'm, I'm recording with him. So I'm interviewing him next week from Tokyo while he's in Tokyo to get his six star finisher medal.
1: Oh,
2: wow. Um, so that's,
0: I'm really looking forward Amazing. to it. But what I've learned of Cooper running and the, the thread, I suppose, a bit that appeals to me beyond the app is that social justice thread in the widening access bit and his partnerships. Yeah. So after I started following, I'm starting to follow a breadcrumb of that there, there's something here connecting these organisations and that's where I found out about the work of ERC. So can you maybe fill me in on just what your role was, or sorry, what your relationship is with Pete and also how that national running show went in Birmingham?
2: Oh, we love the national running show and we love Pete Cooper. Um, we actually met Pete in the... 2022 national running show um I think it was was because we did Birmingham and we did the running show south last year and I think it was the Birmingham show that we met Pete and we just had a real connection with him he was walking around in a banana I think um as as you do and um we just were like this guy is as crazy as we are we really like him and we have been meaning to get around a table with Pete since last January. Pete's come to our local park run. I've cheered him on in Dulwich because, you know, he's he's an avid runner and he's just an all-round good guy. Um, so we've been talking to him. And we, we haven't actually um, worked with, with Cooper properly yet, but we're just talking about how we can work together because his ethos and our ethos, you know, he completely gets what we're doing. And we absolutely love what, you know, Cooper is doing in the running app. Um, is going from strength to strength because when we met him it had only just launched and so when we saw him at the running show uh, in January it was just like a year on um although we'd seen him bit you know in in between um just seeing where Cooper had have, have grown to and all the things that they're doing and the kind of collaborations that they've been involved with it's just been amazing to see what they've done in a year and Pete is just you know he understands the power of running and I, th- I think in terms of the mental benefits the mental health benefits and what it can give you that space that it gives you um and so he kind of just speaks our language really in terms of the national running show though what 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 we we kind of got involved with the national running show um after we went for the very first time in i think it was during 2021 actually we went to the Farnborough one and I had never been to the running show and I don't think any of our group members had ever been to the running show and it was a sometimes it feels like there are certain things that you just don't know about unless you're plugged into certain things so if you're not in a running club like a you know kind of um England athletics affiliated club traditional running club you just don't hear about things or you don't know about things and we went to the running show and we um we were quite shocked by how undiverse it was um shocked but not shocked so we were like this really we need to there's some work here to be done and um we had we know black Um, Girls Do Run UK which is a group that's also based in London and we know uh, the founder and and the members quite well and they were down there and we were just like if they weren't here there would be absolutely no kind of representation really from any kind of diverse organisation and whatever that means and so we were very determined to kind of get a stand there and really encourage people to come out and seek, because there's so much that you can see. There's brands there, there's talks there, there's all kinds of things that you can learn. And if you don't know that this is open and accessible to you, then you just don't have those opportunities. And so we're very much about, this is a space that you may feel that you can't go into, but actually you can. And if we go in there first, and show you it's okay this can be done this is a space for you then it encourages more people into that space and they feel like actually yeah I can be in this space and it's okay and there are you know things that I didn't realize were open to me but actually they are so you know with with the running show we we really feel like we've kind of a lot of our our members have come to Birmingham or um Uh, when it was in Farnborough, where Nina's from, actually. So it was really nice to go down there and see where she's from. Um, But so our runners now know about it and we kind of make a real splash on Instagram. And we've had runners um, from Birmingham, when we've been to to the National Running Show in Birmingham, come down and say, you know, we really love ERC. We've seen what you do. and We really appreciate the fact that you've come to Birmingham and you've come where we are to kind of um encourage us even though most of you you know a lot of our founders are based in london um we do believe in going out and and kind of making sure that the community isn't necessarily where we are we will go to the community and kind of be there so yeah that that's um but we love the, the national running show but you know there is work that kind of needs to be done in kind of looking at do we do does it fully represent the full spectrum of runners that it yeah. needs
0: to yeah and my my day-to-day work uh is um i work in education and mm. <clears throat> predominantly with the poverty related attainment gap so the 20 percent poorest population in scotland are mm. massively um under they underperform in terms of exam results, but also in, the, in terms of access to further education, higher education. And that's a space I've also been thinking about this, even within the running scene here, where mm-hmm. there's a, where there is probably far less diversity, even in the population where I live mm-hmm. and where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't even see runners from those sort of poorer postcodes at Park Run. And it's something I've become yeah. more and more aware of through this process of looking around and it's, very white very middle class and it's mm. the class i suppose i noticed the class more than the race because i've never looked before for that yes yeah. and, and then yeah, you yeah. then you line something like this up and i'm looking around i was in govern in glasgow mm. which a Govan school may be made up of at the moment probably 60 percent black and brown children nobody Park run that's not white that the one mm. i was at was just last week so that's something that my eyes are opening to here and that was me visiting a park run in an area that i'm not from whereas where yeah. i live is really probably doesn't have that same level of diversity even in the, mm. the population um so the, the, i'm drawing all these parallels and it gets you firing as to how do you yeah how do you because use your it, voice and your platform to yeah. Yeah, because
2: the thing is, is that 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 is you know we've had so many conversations at National Running Show where people come up to our stand and they're like, well, why do you you know? There's lots of diversity in 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 right. You know, my park run's got you know, it's got women, it's got men. and You know, there there are people who are thin and there are people who are fat. And they're like, okay, but how many how many people who don't look like you are there? Like, as in, do you see any brown people or black people there? Oh, well, no, not really but again you don't think about it and you know that whole thing about class so I grew up on a council estate you know where things were hard things things were tough growing up and you talk about running and everyone's like oh running's free like anyone can access it that's why it's easy and it's like actually you need a pair of trainers that are probably going to cost you about 150 pounds if you get a decent pair you need decent shorts as a woman you need a good sports bra believe me you need money to enter races because races are not free where in that does running look free to you so there are so many different barriers that you kind of don't even think about now i you know can afford to enter to races but looking at my 15 year old self you know or even 20 year old self would and i didn't run back then because quite frankly if I had an interest which I didn't at the time I wouldn't have been able to afford to yeah
0: you know there's a difference between being free i.e you can step out your door and run and actually feeling like you belong on a race line or even towards the front of a park run you might be fast enough but look around you it's not yeah you know as you said it's people's watches are worth more than you know more than your trainers more and then that's worth more than it's it's ongoing nina can i ask you about at the point when you reached out black lives matter that prominent movement at that time and then such as the nature of the world something else becomes the story and that starts to fade from the consciousness and the, the forefront of people's mind but at that point when you're feeling that energy did you face barriers and you're running did you feel like there was barriers
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely did. I think it's a little bit um, similar to what you were saying. You turn up to... Because I used to do park run a lot before the lockdown. That was kind of like my only running related thing before i started entering races and stuff like that and you show up to your local park run and again you're pretty much the only black person there it doesn't really feel like you belong um again like what we were saying everyone else is wearing stuff that's worth more than your whole entire outfit it just you just feel like you don't belong there and i think it's it's hard because I was even talking to somebody the other day about these track sessions which I've been going to so I've only been going to um this track session for about a year or just less than a year um but the first time I went to this track session I felt so and I'd been running for a few years at this point I still felt so out of place um you turn up there everyone's kind of like White, middle-aged, super speedy, wearing the latest gear. You just feel really out of place. But um, it was only me going there and just kind of being able to represent myself, and then reaching out to my other friends and telling them, oh, you should come to this track session. Now that track session looks completely different to when I first started going to it. Now that you've got diverse people, you've got people that are slower, people that are faster, people that look different. You've got so many different types of people. So I think it's really important to have groups like ERC and to bring people To events because even within our direct group, we always share different events and we'll try and get people to come along to track sessions. Because when you start seeing people that look like you, it makes you feel like, oh, I do actually belong, this is a place for me to go. Um,
0: Yeah, representation is so important. It's all fine and well being told you're welcome, it's not the same as seeing people that are like you. And actually, that's again, that's something where I think the barriers to running crossover and the runner not feeling like a runner you touched on the body shape and i'm not fast enough nina i felt the exact same about track session i think i've been to the track mm-hmm. twice and um, before i joined the running club yeah. because I, I stood there and i felt like a fish up a tree i just yeah <laughs> like all these people together and the thing the barrier for me was not necessarily speed i knew i was relatively quick it was i don't know what i'm doing I'm standing there just what will I do? Will I just run as fast as I can for 5K? <laughs> I'm thinking I could do that out my front door. Why am I at the track to yeah. do this? And it's been taking the leap in joining a running club. Um And Jill's seen all those people as well. It's different speeds. and di- So we've got like three groups, four groups within our running group for a speed session now where anybody can turn up. And I still can't talk my wife into going because she said, I'm too slow, even though I can tell her what the paces are. So there's some of that is just an inbuilt thing about runner versus non-runner in your head. Mm. And then again, you've got the the next bit about, well, where where are the other people that look like me at this? Mm. And, and that's maybe that's something I want to ask you about here, Jules, is what can – this is an organisational level, I'm thinking, rather than individual level. What do organisations like parkrun, race um, – race providers or people putting on races what can they do to make these spaces more inclusive because i don't think telling people they're welcome is enough so how do they go about being proactive
2: i think it's about reaching out i think organizations we we had um in 2019 when we just you know kind of formalized as, as erc we entered into a kind of relationship with London Marathon events because their community um, manager, an amazing guy called Hamid, who we absolutely adore, he um, saw actually it was we run we eat me and my sister's um, uh, Instagram that he he kind of reached out via, and they were looking at how they can improve how how the big half was the race that he was looking at could more accurately reflect London and wanting to make it the most diverse race in London or rather the, the race in London which most look like London and the areas that the race runs through because you, you look at a lot of these races that run through areas in London and it looks nothing like the London that you see. And by that act of reaching out to us, we have kind of really encouraged so many different race runners within our organize within our family to race uh, the big half, but also we kind of gave names of, of other groups that they could contact and reach out to and encourage to to sign up for the races. So I think a lot of it is to do with okay you know, Park Run may usually utilise local running clubs to organise Park Runs. But is there anything else that they can be doing? So are there uh, any other running organisations that exist within their area that they can potentially reach out to, to say, look, we'd really like you to, you know, come down to Park Run or encourage your runners, if you've got any runners locally, to come down to Park Run. Because the onus is has been on us to kind of feel that we can lean into that space when in fact they also have a duty to kind of look at how they are encouraging people to to participate so we for example have really taken over like the the, the south london contingent of erc have taken over our local not taken over but we've really established our home in our local park run which is south Norwood country park And it's amazing every Saturday we rock up, we race, we volunteer, we make sure that we know um, the kind of race director and the organisers. And so we've really embedded ourselves. So they all know Emancipated Run Crew down there. We've done, you know, we volunteered for Black History Month. We took over, you know, the whole thing, volunteered, that, you know, all the volunteers were from ERC. And we're we're replicating that in in West London, in, in Austerley Park and kind of rolling that out so that there is an ERC presence in various park runs. That's our ambition across the country. But have we had a conversation with the top management with Park of Park Run? No, you know, we don't have that connection. We have reached out and leaned into our local organizations, but there has to be a, a kind of reciprocal response to that or a reaching out from from organizations because if you don't if you want to change something, you will actively look at what is it that I need to do to change it. And I don't know how many organizations how many race organizations are actually doing that, even though they may you know take photos or show examples of diversity by their marketing, but how much does that embedded into what they're actually doing and who they're actually speaking to, and how they're taking forward making sure that not only are people seen to be represented. But actually, how included are they in what the, what your race is and what you're doing as an organisation?
0: Yeah, this is not about taking a photograph of the the black the one black and brown runner doing your park run. Yeah. It's much more systemic than that. Um, exactly. I noted with interest actually the the new board of trustees that were appointed at Parkrun recently. And I had a read it. Their new I think it's maybe a three year strategic plan, and this is all on there in black and white. It's amongst the targets of next steps in terms of growing park run and making it more inclusive so it will be interesting to see if actions follow words and make it beyond the page because yeah you you can't kick all the doors down on your own and any fight for finding your footing you can't do that on your own it takes something in the middle
2: exactly exactly
0: and then can i maybe shine a light on the other side of things where we're maybe seeing more creaks in the door for organizations like erc then and i know I think both of you were involved in these events. I saw that you were invited to On Running's uh, store opening in London, and also to the Asics launch. So that yeah, positive signs is that green shoots in the organisations, yeah, no, no. or is that you bringing that to the party again?
2: <laughs> well, it's, it's always a bit of both, isn't it? I mean, we we um, have a really good relationship with a guy called Andre Coggins who works um, with On. And he was amazing at reaching out to lots of different organisations, running crews and inviting them down to that launch, which, you know, it just was a celebration of running and runners of all colours, all creeds, all sizes, all different abilities. Um, And so that's where you can see kind of community in action like, you know, that really hand in hand. Brands understanding what they want to be seen as and who they want to appeal to and recognizing that it's not just there's not just one type of person there's money to be made across different communities so let's you know let's showcase and celebrate them and invite them in um and that was absolutely brilliant everyone who went down from erc they came like the pictures in the whatsapp was just popping nina did the most amazing real i i wasn't able to go um because we suffered a family bereavement recently so um couldn't couldn't go to that but um it just looked incredible. And that's what you want to see. You want to see the celebration of running and like everyone feeling like they have a space in it and they are appreciated and seen and like celebrated. Um, so that was an amazing night. I think everyone came out like, yeah, honest, the brand, like really loving it. And they, they've got community space that they, they can, are kind of opening up to, to running organizations and crews. Um, So that's just how you really embed yourself in and understand um, where running is now, that it is, um, you know, it is something that people really want to get involved in if you just open your arms and, like, welcome them in. Um, And then Essex, again, they reached out to us, which was amazing. But we'd already, as a a crew, because, like, you know, there's, so many people in the crew who are great at like oh this is happening let's go down as Nina said you know we're kind of now we're back in in the real world it's great to have all of these opportunities where you know we can assemble and meet up as a crew and um so we did that uh A6 launch which was great I mean I think again you know there there was a kind of moment as a runner Of more than 20 years I can still walk into a room and feel like I'm not a runner because the the vibe that you can get sometimes when you walk into a room isn't the open arm one it's the if you don't know what's going on then you don't know what's going on
0: Nina so social media the role of it is obviously a huge source of reaching out in this and and you're bringing like that carnival type atmosphere to these reels i'm quite impressed with your handiwork on that as somebody who is absolutely 41 and feels it the minute i pick up and no no idea what's going on my kids are better at this than i am but at these types of events erc must be giving you that sense of inclusion there because you're so unlikely to be at that as just an individual runner Mm
1: -hmm. yeah exactly that and i think before like i said before i started Um, joining kind of running groups or anything like that. All I really knew was the Saturday Park Run and that was pretty much it. So being a part of ERC, it's kind of opened the door to so many different events even races I wasn't doing them before but they'll send information about do you want to do this race do you want to do that or we've got this great event or check this one out so it's really really good opportunities to go and see these events because you do meet some people there who have just individually come and they're a bit kind of lost but they always seem to find our group or ERC and we kind of take them in always talk to them make them feel really welcomed and I think it's a good opportunity to let people know more about what we do um and all that kind of stuff and it's really good to have um a lot of representation there because the on running event was absolutely amazing Um, it It looked so good honestly it was amazing it was just so diverse and it was just so inclusive I mean that was one running event that I'd been to that they just got it completely right. Cause even, um, you didn't have to do a run. You could have done a walk instead. Everyone was just having a good time. There was music, there was different people there from different crews all running together, all chatting. It was, a, it was really, really well set up. And it was really an event for communities and for the running communities. And it did bring everyone together that night. Um, So, yeah, it was really good. And then in terms of, I guess, the social media, like you said social media is so important because you can just reach out to absolutely anybody and it's how people find you it's how I found ERC through their Instagram page so it's always um important to make sure that we're getting out content making sure that we're showing up at these events we're well represented people know if they're coming to events they'll probably be likely to see somebody from ERC there and yeah it's just really great because people can reach out to us from all over the world and ask about erc and they can be interested in what we're doing and what we're up to and support
0: us that way yeah well i'll be linking all the socials on the episode description and make a point of pushing them out on the press play and run channel as well it is really good to see some brands starting to not only catch on but catch fire with this type of thing and you can see you can actually start to see where brands do understand the space or people within the brands understand the space versus ticking a box of inclusion yeah. and diversity and I, and I mean that Definitely. in the, the widest sense because I look at like brooks run happy team and I see diversity like there is a an absolute variety of runners and you even look at their instagram it's people with 200 followers can be a brooks happy runner through to your more mm. influencer type forty thousand, which can feel alien to an everyday runner mm. then you've got yeah. oh again oh you've got all the religions all the creeds all the colors but what I what sometimes a source of frustration is you don't hear them speaking it's, it's all photographed opportunity I want to hear their story I want to hear more about why they do what they do why they were selected and their voices yeah. are not always coming through and that's people that are local to me in Scotland I, like, I want to know how you got involved in that but that mm. doesn't always give that platform
2: yeah and that's really important I mean that's one of the reasons why d my sister Pet started our podcast, the Startline podcast, because we recognize that there are stories that just aren't being told. And, you know, we took our microphone up to the national running show and captured some of the voices up there a lot of voices from our ERC community, but also other um, people who we caught up there. And it's really powerful to hear these stories of everyday, ordinary runners who sometimes don't even feel like they are runners but are in in doing what they're doing inspiring so many people because they're doing things that they didn't think they could do like you know we've got one of our runners um Stephen he joined us last year we dragged him kicking and screaming into the WhatsApp group when we met him in um our local park run in South Norwood and he was at that time doing like Nina at the beginning of like one park run a week and we, within less than a year so last October he'd been with us probably just just under a year he did a marathon so he went from 5k to running a marathon in less than a year now I've been running 20 years I've never done a marathon like and and now I kind of like like I kind of feel like people aren't taking me seriously as a runner because I like doing half marathons and 10 K's and I haven't done a marathon, but I'm here to represent the runners who don't feel that pressure. Like you do you do. Um, but you know, that whole kind of sense of empower, empowerment that comes from running that you can one minute, you feel like you can't even run for the bus. And then the next minute you're doing a marathon is so, so powerful to so many other aspects in your life and you know a lot of us use the Nike training app and there's like coach Bennett on there and he often says you know it's about running it's also not about running is this the and,
0: guided runs yes yeah yes, I see I yes. see them popping up in my feed and I'm like what is that
2: yeah you should try them they're really good but you know some some of coach Bennett's um you know his his sayings just kind of resonate with with life because it is you know running is about running but it's also not about running it's about you know the things in your life that you feel that you can't do whether it's a work problem or a relationship problem or a family problem where you feel you can't do it but actually when you get up in the morning and you think I can't do that run and then you go out and you do it and you come back you kind of feel able to tackle other problems in your life. Or, you know, you feel that you've given yourself that mental space to kind of disconnect from that problem. Give yourself that space to just breathe. I mean, I, I'm like, whenever I go running, I'm just trying to stay alive. So any other stress in my life kind of goes yeah. secondary because I'm literally trying to stay alive. Um, and and that's what it does. It's kind of appreciating uh, the, all the different levels that running
0: gives you i love the lies you're telling yourself about the marathon i'm that guy as well 2017 i started and i've still never run a marathon but i'm changing it at the end of may i'm doing my first one at the end of may um so yes. i'm I'm in training right That's now good. um oh, and
2: which one are you doing Ryan?
0: Yes. i'm doing edinburgh Um, so I wanted to do Manchester, but I couldn't make the logistics work. My wife's away on holiday and is only back that day, but there's a, there's a huge crowd of people I've now come to know running Edinburgh. So I'm looking forward to a bit of trepidation, but Nina, I was looking back through your Insta as well. And I saw you've done London previously.
1: Yeah, so um, I did it this year. Um, well, last year just gone. That was my first um marathon, and again, it was just really amazing and such a good opportunity because I would have never been able to do it without the support of everyone from ERC because I only had about seven weeks. I read
0: And see, yeah,
1: So it was a really, really quick turnaround. But again, I just we all got added to um, a WhatsApp group that was just for the London marathon that were in ERC and again people that had done marathons were giving us lots of advice um, one of the members from the group Humphrey who's paced me for a lot of PBs actually he um, told me to speak to one of his friends who'd done loads and loads of marathons and she was able to give me really, really good bespoke advice as well. She was telling me what sorts of workouts I should be doing, what I should be eating, what I should be carrying, what kind of paces I should be hitting, roughly what time she thought I could do it in. And again, it's just that kind of stuff which when you're by yourself, you don't get any of this information. But it's only kind of being part of a group and speaking to people and listening to their different experiences was absolutely amazing and then yeah this year i've got um april in april i've got paris marathon and then i've got two ultras <laughs> so i guess it's kind of wrapped into three marathons this year but um yeah it should be good fun
0: jules i'm wondering when the peer pressure is going to get to you you've lasted 20 years how much longer can you hold it off
1: I'm, pre- I'm pretty good i'm pretty good
0: no, that's, that's I mean... a sterling effort <laughs>
2: I don't know. I don't know, Ryan. I'm not ready to make any announcements here, but I'll keep you posted. <laughs> you can well, check well, back I on.
0: I will, make one. I will make one here because I've not put this out there yet. But you Nina, know, you've just said it, so I have really fought tooth and nail not to run a marathon, and now now I'm doing it. I've just bloody signed up for an ultra as well, haven't I? Oh,
1: good, so good.
0: <laughs> I, in August, I am doing the Devil of the Highlands, which is the West Highland Way up in the north of Scotland, oh, up wow. and over mountains, and I've been peer oh, I was
2: going to say, that sounds pretty hilly, Ryan. Oh, it's, yeah. it, it's,
0: it's like uh, jumping off the deep end when you can't really swim and just picking the highest height <laughs> you can jump from. Um, so, I this never. is kind of what I do. I say yes, then I panic, then I regret, and then I just try <laughs> and do it. But I've got so I many. And then you said, when can I do it again? Well, but this is because of the people I'm around now and the guidance. And because I trained for that first one myself, like you're saying, you Nina, know, that first marathon, without a clue what I was doing. And I hated the long runs so much. They lived in my head all week. And I hated having to slow down as much as you should. But now I have embraced running with people. I found a bit of a community there. And the difference—I ran, I think, at the thirteen miler yesterday with a friend. Looked at the watch twice, just running along, bumbling along, chatting. Hit the pace. It was those runs were killing me the last time round, just because I was on my own and in my head. So there is Mm -hmm. something about community, and that's what I would urge anybody. So if it's ERC, if it's your own local running crew, if it's your your local running club whom I must say mine are fantastic and find your connection even if it's online because it makes such a difference to the run
2: it does I'm always one for find your tribe and I think you know there is something about being part of a community that pushes you further than you will push yourself so it's like the difference between doing a workout at home versus doing a workout in a class where you're trying to keep up with people or the Mm -hmm. you know the teacher is going to tell you about your posture or tell you to lift things you can get so far by yourself and you know it's great you know to get stuff but sometimes you do need that community to either help you with those long runs you know we we try to kind of make sure that everyone connects and people are making their own connections within within our group which is great um but having that that kind of advice that network of people who can tell you try this you know this is what helped me or if you're not sure and you've got someone that you can actually go to for that advice it makes so much difference to your development and growth as a runner
0: yeah it it absolutely does couldn't agree more it's been a recurring theme with every guest that's the people that have gone on to do more than they ever thought they could all found a person or a group that brought something mm. out in them they didn't know was there because you rarely find yeah. it on your own. You do find your limits and it's so hard to run an interval session on your own. Like you just, yeah. to do those extra one or two reps. But when you're on the track or you're with the group, even the pride, it. pride on its own gets you around a couple. Yeah,
2: exactly. You can't, you can't be, it's like when you're you're at that park run, like I was that one, you know, we do we do our regular Saturdays and there was a guy that I could hear his footsteps behind me. I was like, no, you're not going to be behind all of a sudden like exactly you find that sprint because yeah. of that person you're not going to let them over so it's those things and i think you know often we are full of very self-limiting thoughts so you know you believe i was saying to um kamara on saturday one of our, our um crew members who's doing the marathon as well and he was saying that he found 5k really hard and i was like you know you when you have an, a, a set of miles in your head that you know today i'm going to do 5k for me that's all i can do like mm-hmm. if i know today yeah. i'm going to do 5k i'm literally doing 5k and i cannot do one not one kilometer over 5k yep. but if tomorrow i'm i can do 10k i'm going to do 10 miles i will do that 10 miles and it will feel exactly the same as the 5k and then I'll do one mile the day after and it will feel the same as the 10 miles because in my head, so that's true. all I can do. It's... So, you know, but when you're running with someone else or in another group, they can say, you can do another mile, Joel. Yeah. Like you, you can do, I, I can see you're still, you're still okay. You're not like, falling over you've got enough and you will find that but you sometimes can't find that for
0: yourself it's so true when you're running the 10k the self loathing doesn't begin until 7k yet when you're running five it comes at three it's all here it's all in the head
2: it's so much of it is mental so much of it so
0: can i ask you jules then what's your sort of personal running goals this year
2: right so i've been injured for a long time uh with an achilles problem and since 2019 actually i kind of uh, got injured at the no 2020 sorry at the big half um the last big race before lockdown and i have been trying to find my 2019 body since then so 2023's goals is about finding my 2019 body so i need to um I want to do two half marathons this year I did not do two half marathons last year and I want to do because I've never done a sub 215 half marathon so that is my goal is to do a sub 215 half marathon this year and we're going to Atlanta in October
0: I saw um, that on
2: the website to, yes to, to run the race um which is a um amazing uh, biggest Long distance uh, race organized by a black community of runners. And um, so we're going, there's about 16 of us signed up to go over for oh, that. So um, we're we're and, in Atlanta. Going. Um, it's downtown Atlanta, actually. Oh, so nice. Uh, it right so it should be amazing. The only thing is, is that um, we're going to have to kind of acclimatize ourselves to like, because I think we'll get in on Thursday and the race is on Sunday. So hopefully the jet lag will have um, subsided by then and we won't have partied too hard on the, um, actually the race is on Saturday so hopefully we won't party too hard on Friday night but we will have Saturday night's party
0: Don't waste um, it, don't waste it on Friday
2: <laughs> Exactly so I'm going I'm to hold on, going to hold on but I think um, there's also a bit of a hill at the end of the race which we haven't told uh, We have. well I'm telling everyone now <laughs> people who signed up, if you're if you coming there's going to be a hill at the end so Get I'm your like, sessions in yeah get your health sessions in but I'm not sure I'm gonna I'm not sure I'm gonna make my time but I'm going to try I'm gonna try so if I if I don't then you know I'll i have um I'll have a party to to kind of drown my sorrows in afterwards
0: and you're in a, you're in a great place to party it's so good and speaking of being drunk and wasting it Nina <laughs> Would you like to talk us through it? You, I, I'll, I'll be linking to Nina's social media, but it's been well worth a follow for everyone to see that Nina was skiing last week. And it's been an interesting week of stories. Um, yeah. So you managed to win a race, which I'll let you tell them about, but you've also managed to hamper <laughs> another race. So let's go talk us through it.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, me and my friends went to uh, Austria for a skiing and snowboarding holiday and um, it was actually a few of my friends that I made at track so they're kind of running friends and one night after far too many shots of limoncello and captain morgan we decided oh. to do um a sobriety test so first we had to kind of put our um thumb on our nose and then our little finger on our knee and balance for I think it was about 30 seconds we both managed to pass the test after all the alcohol, which was pretty good and then I decided that I should pick a test which I thought I could win pretty much so we decided to do 400 meters to the local um, supermarket and back this was yeah it was very late at night I was a little bit wobbly at the start line but um managed to do the um, run so I ended up coming back quickly um before the um other guy that I was running against but then we had to do 10 push-ups so I was a little bit slower on the push-ups but because I made up the speed in the running I managed to complete it before him so that was a good victory and then yeah, a couple of days later, um, snowboarding um, on one of the um blue slopes um, on the mountain and it was all going very well actually I was turning I was linking I thought it's all making sense now I'm gonna give up my day job and be a professional (laughs) and then before I knew what was happening yeah I just caught my edge of my snowboard fell backwards put my hand out rookie mistake to break my fall and landed on my wrist just completely um wrong my friend luckily was not too far behind me so he came running over um and I think he would say that was like the first time in my life that I've actually been speechless and just been not able (laughs) to actually say any words it was really really painful but it was all good because he managed to bandage me up because he knew first aid so put my arm in a sling held my snowboard and we had to the most painful part is that we had to walk all the way down the slope after everyone was like kind of flying past us even like um six-year-old kids that yeah. were doing their skiing lessons were flying past us so we had to walk all the way down and then we found a bar and had a beer and that was the best beer I'd ever tasted in my life after all that traumatic experience but um yeah I've got a cast on at the moment which should stay on for a week and then I get another x-ray and then I think I'll be able to see where I go from there but for now it's looking like i'm just going to stick to the bike before um paris marathon but i it should be off either way it should be off in time for that so it should be all good to run it mm.
0: good nothing like taking a chance with some skiing before a marathon I know, I know
1: it's, it's just asking for trouble isn't it but and yeah that's just my style i guess
0: <laughs> n- never has the phrase ready set go been more ironic as you stumbled on set i was watching it and it just saw you <laughs> wobble wobble to the side i thought that's not going to end yeah. well. <laughs> I didn't know it would be two days later, but you could see it was never going to end well.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was saying to my friend that when I was running, I had to breathe manually because I was just like, I couldn't even remember how to breathe. And I thought I was going to throw up because of the alcohol. But surprisingly, good run. Good result. Oh, my gosh, that's hilarious.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm, I'm just thinking of how serious some people take the marathon training to go snowboarding yeah. and in the middle of it. They would look at you like you had two heads.
1: Exactly. This is this is the Nina Marathon training plan, which includes snowboarding and shots of alcohol and running and sprints.
0: <laughs> so I've got two more things to do. One question I want to ask, because this podcast is predominantly set for everyday runners. So we're not a brand, we're not an organisation. What is the sort of practical steps an everyday runner can take in their own running space to make it help make it more inclusive beyond the obvious, which is speak to people. But is there is there anything people can do in their space to help? And it's this is whether you're black, brown, whether you're poor, whether you're a different body shape, what steps can everyday runners take to help a group like ERC in getting the mission out?
2: I would think that it is about talking amongst your peers. So, you know, I think a lot of conversation happens between, say, ERC and someone else. But we can only go so far in terms of opening up those routes. It's really about are people talking to each other? Do you turn around to your, you know, friends at your running club or your local park run and say, actually, hey, there aren't many X here? Or, gosh, do you know anyone who you think would be you know, what are you doing, what conversations are you having amongst yourselves, that's really important, Um, and I think just, Nina mentioned earlier that, you know, there are often stragglers that we see who will we'll bring into the fold, and I think often when I've been to runs, before erc you'll see people hud, huddle together it's that kind of closed group open open group thing that you're taught if you ever go to a networking seminar um you know be open if you're a group have an open group have an open circle look around if there's anyone that looks like they don't have anyone there ask yeah. you know welcome them say something because that may be the only one chance that they're going to give to that park run or to that race or to that running club if you don't reach out to them, they may disappear. and They may not come back. So, look around you and just be more open to some. You know, welcoming someone in or looking at whether there are people who haven't been welcomed in, and what can what can you do to encourage that in your own in your own sphere of influence? It's just small things, you know. No one's asking for a big revolution. Revolution.
0: No, it makes sense. So I think I, I think I had probably done forty plus park runs before i ever spoke to anyone else at any length and it was because it felt like a very hard space to penetrate because everybody mm. already knows each other and it's only a short window yeah. isn't it 10 minutes you turn up for beforehand exactly. you're on your 5k and depending on your time half yeah. a folk are away yeah. home or <laughs> yes, you know, exactly
2: like, and they're gone and you you think oh i didn't speak to a single person or no one even you know spoke to me and like sometimes you will get like sometimes we'll posts about you know places feeling unwelcome and people will kind of say, oh well what do you mean you know no one should open you and what what welcome you with open arms. What do you want a red carpet? And it's it's not about that. It's not about saying that anyone should have special treatment. It's just that, you know, I like when I run, I like to say hello to people. That's just me because I know what it feels like if no one does say hello to me. So mm. I try not to be that person. So if I walk into You know a race and I see someone like even when we were in we went to Lisbon and we were going to the expo and we picked up a runner there who's from America like lovely doc I love her um and um she was in Lisbon for she actually did the London marathon and then was going back to the states to do via Lisbon saw that Lisbon was having a marathon anyway she'd been there for two days didn't speak to anyone because she had tried to make contact eye contact and nod to other runners and just was getting nothing back um and so sometimes you just you've just got to open your eyes and yeah. think what would I like would I like someone to say hi to me then just say hi yeah
0: yeah I, I think I think we're all capable of being both ways depending on what you've got on in your own day. You can do it sometimes Absolutely. unintentionally, like where you feel like quite closed on your own. But I know yeah. the reaction we've had to this podcast and the people on it. And I know how many people have reached out. They are the type of people that are doing that. So I hope by hearing this, they feel yeah, just maybe that one other thing to think about or speak about amongst themselves. I know they will. I know what the community is like. It's it's yeah. really, really good. But we need to keep opening the doors. And as you said, what is it, X, if, do we have X here? No matter what X is. So in your area, no matter what X is. It's not about going out and hunting for... People like you sound like you're on a recruiting mission every time you're out, but it's, it, um, yeah, it's not, I mean, it's, yeah. yeah,
2: it's not, yeah, I mean, we're always like, ERC's not a cult, people, it's not a cult. Yeah. <laughs> you're <laughs> so, now a member of the community, exactly. Um, but, you know, it's, I think it's, it's that, you know, D Trojan and I, particularly, we know that a lot of people who've come into ERC will experience races and running in a completely different way to the way that we did. And we're so happy about that. Yeah. so you know for, for us we're always on that mission which is not to say everyone is but we're always kind of looking out. mission. is everyone okay is there anyone that's you know looking like they're a little bit unsure and if you want to be you know as you say sometimes you're not in the mood like yeah. you're just you're just not in the mood and sometimes people don't want that people yeah. just want to go in do their race go yeah. and, and that's it and that is absolutely fine run your own race but you know you just got a
0: Check
2: in to make sure that yeah, Are
0: you okay? Are you awareness, good? just awareness, and and yeah. somewhere in the head, yeah. That that yeah. makes that makes perfect sense. Okay, final uh, call of business for me. I always finish the episode with a quick fire round. So I don't know how I'm going to ask yes. two people. Okay, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to set some rules here. I'm going to ask the question, and then, Jules, I'm going to get you to answer first. And Nina, you to answer second each time. Um, okay. It's first responses that come to head. Now, I should have given you a heads up in the last one, but I'm absolutely rubbish and forgot. So we'll see what you say. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all I'm all happy to just roll with it. So I ask these questions of every guest that comes on. I'm going to begin with you, Jules. Favourite running shoe of all time?
2: Running shoe? Yes. Um, I had this pair of Nike, and I cannot remember what, what model it is. I had them in 2019 and they were I called them my magic trainers that's how I had them in my apps magic trainers and it was a a pair of shoes that I bought from the Nike outlet store and I had forgotten my running trainers my actual running trainers which was I think Brooks um so I had to get a temporary pair and those were the pair I bought and they were just absolutely amazing but I can't remember
0: the model name sorry I've never had to link to a pair of magic shoes before but we'll try our best Nina (laughs) favorite running shoe of all time
1: Mine is the Hoka. I think it's the Mac Four, just because it's so comfortable and an everyday trainer, and I love Hoka.
0: Favorite running route?
2: Ooh, I well, I used to run from my office where I used to work on Grayson Road, which is in Central London, down to the Westminster Bridge and back up along the river, so along embankments, past, you know, all of the wonderful theatres, down to London Bridge, and running along the water, I love running along waters, along waterways, so that route is
0: my favourite route. Nina?
1: Mine is probably the one that I did yesterday, so it's a really long one, but it's from where I live, which is sort of West and area, all along the canal up until um, Paddington, so it's nice because you start off really far out from London and then you end up in pretty much central London, but it's also nice because you are literally running against the train because you can get a train for that similar route, but it's a long one, but definitely my favourite and it's the most varied.
0: Jules has probably recruited 10 people on that train. Um, <laughs> be, be, best running related book or podcast you have read or listened to.
2: Mmm. Ooh. Well, apart from the start line podcast, obviously. Shameless plug, um, but we'll include it. <laughs> shameless plug. Um I love um there's a a American pair called the Run Duo who we met um, when the Startline did a expo for the race that we're going to do in October. And they kind of hosted this uh, podcasting panel and their podcast is amazing. I
0: love them. Perfect. Nina?
1: Um, I'd say... One of my favourite podcasts, obviously after Jules and Dee's one and your own one. You're not
0: getting um, it them. Nope.
1: <laughs> It'll probably be Marcus Brown's. Um, I think it's called A Runner's Life. Again, his podcast is just really, really interesting. He has a real mix of people on there, and they're good kind of lengthy ones. I like it about an hour for a podcast. and
0: glad you said that because we're running well over that yeah <laughs> um <laughs> proudest running moment
2: I think for me it was the first time I did 10k which was way back um in 20 2001 when Nike were doing uh runs around London and it was the first time I started running and I did not believe I could run more than 5k if I didn't think I could run 5k so running 10 was just mind-blowing to me and yeah that's my proudest
1: moment Nina and um, I'd say my proudest moment was probably last year when I did the Marrakesh half marathon that one was just an amazing one because it was my first one abroad first one in really hot weather didn't know anybody there couldn't really speak the same language is anybody there either but my mum came to support me and she watched me run which was just absolutely amazing and I managed to get a PB on a really hard course as well so yeah that was my definitely
0: my proudest that's so exotic compared to the usual answers worst (laughs) worst race or running experience
2: oh um oh my goodness (laughs) We did my sister and I we did this race um in um a place called Yesalo, which is in Italy. It's near Venice, it's a seaside town, absolutely amazing, highly recommended. But we did this race, um, which was a night race and it was beautiful, should have been amazing, but I made the mistake of having a heavy pasta lunch. And this pasta sat in my stomach <laughs> for this entire race, and it was the most horrendous race ever. Like I was like, this is supposed to be the most wonderful Italian experience. And it was just awful because this pasta was weighing me down. And at the end of the race, we had no idea where we were because we we didn't end where we began. And so we had to walk about 7K, half of it up an, a, a dark kind of A road. To get back to the hotel so we did not get back to the hotel until probably past midnight exhausted still full of pasta feeling like you know i needed to go to the loo and just yeah it was just yeah that was my worst running experience
1: Um, I'd say my worst one was actually the first big half race that I did so that one I barely did any training from it I just got back off holiday so all I was doing like I mentioned before was drinking and eating so I was not well prepared at all for it and I think it got to about 8k and I just stopped and started walking and I thought can't be bothered with this and then I thought hang on a second I've got quite a long walk ahead of me yeah. so I started running again um, but yeah it was just a really tough one to finish and I think it just goes to show poor preparation really kind of makes or great a race um,
0: no, it's, you're, you're both sounding like a poster for don't try anything new and race day such as pasta yeah, no. or alcohol um, <laughs> 100% <laughs> So on the other side when you should be doing this stuff then what's your ultimate post long run or marathon meal or drink so what's the refill meal what's your your dream meal at the end
2: oh do you know what i love a good pizza yes. like you know and also a cold beer so when we did i did the valencia half marathon and at the end they give you a a, a bottle of cold beer And forget water, don't give me coconut water, don't give me a banana, give me a cold bottle of beer.
0: Yeah. Love that. (laughs) Nina?
1: Um, I'd say my favourite is actually an ice cold Diet Coke, so always have to have a Diet Coke after a run, it's just so nice having something fizzy. And then something for food, usually it's like um, a vegan burger and chips, I feel like you just can't beat a burger and chips after a long run.
0: That's you've picked my two favorites, pizzas and burgers all day, as many <laughs> as you can have, like Popeye, just keep yeah. going. Um, run with or without music?
2: Now I run without music, I run with, well, I run to podcasts, actually podcasts and audiobooks because that I used to run to music religiously but I found that I try to dance at the same time so (laughs) if the music slows down a bit I'm doing a little slow you know then it speeds up I'm going really fast and then I'm waiting for my power track and then the battery runs out and then my race is ruined so now it's all about podcasts slow and steady immersive I'm not thinking of; I'm just like trying to listen to what's happening next and so I love a podcast
0: Nina
1: um, I'm definitely with music all the way, which is why I've now switched to open air headphones so I can actually hear other people talking to me. But yeah, music all the time for me.
0: Yeah. Uh, best piece of running advice you've ever been given or could give?
1: Mine
2: is run your own race. You know, don't look at what other people are doing. Don't think that you have to get to a certain pace because someone else has gotten to a certain pace or you've been running for a certain amount of time. Therefore, you should be, you know, where in your head you think you should be. Listen to
1: your body and run your own race.
0: Love that. Nina?
1: Um, I'd say pretty much similar. So I think the phrase is comparison is the thief of joy. And I think it's so true. Everyone will always be faster or slower than you you'll have so much people either side so just do what makes you happy and run your own race don't compare yourself to anybody else and
0: i think i might know the answer to this one favorite part run <laughs> wow <laughs> wouldn't happen to start with south would it
2: of course got to uh, well actually not when it's been raining because it's like a country park and so the mud is real so as long as you've got your trail shoes then yes staff norwood country park
0: (laughs) (laughs) nina
1: um mine is one that's recently opened up so it's near where i live it's stockley park um country park run so it's just opened up i think it was about two months ago so yeah that's my favorite because it's local
0: and finish this sentence. I press play and run because.
1: I love to eat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Love that as well. <laughs> Nina.
1: Um, I press play and run because I want to be free.
0: Very nice. Very nice. And the final thing that I meant to give you a heads up on was that we have a press play and run playlist on Spotify. So each guest that comes on picks the one running track that they would never take out their rotation or Jules, as you said, your power song uh, <laughs> and, and we add it to the playlist. So I'm going to ask you both for the one, the one track you couldn't do without on your running playlist
2: so this is going to be a weird one for me they all maybe, are maybe, I've, maybe it's I've not. come to realize
0: that they're not what I thought they were going to be so yeah. just crack on
2: <laughs> so my my power running track is Aretha Franklin's How I Got Over and it's on her Amazing Grace album which was her biggest selling album um and it's a track that I just I I will rewind it and play it through like I, I did like one race and I literally must have around it for the last five miles because it was just how I got over how I got over and it just keeps me going love that song
0: and Nina
1: um, I'd say my one would definitely be um, it's a song by Dave and it's called In The Fire and I think it's a little bit similar to what Jules was saying with um, her song but again it's just one about kind of overcoming things and it's a nice long song as well and it's got loads of different artists on it so it's interesting to listen to for a long time
0: well a running playlist five episodes in is the truly the work of a demented mind so I, I love it there's there is literally something for everybody irrespective of taste um all that's left to do ladies is to thank you with us coming out on international women's day i couldn't think of two better people to share this conversation with i am delighted to have found out more about what erc are what they do and why they started but most of all, I'm just grateful that you've given me the time. So thank you so much for coming to talk to me today.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having us.
0: I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you. Oh, thank you. you. Um, I
2: should I'm, I should say that um, ERC ladies are doing a, a chat on International Women's Day as well in conjunction with Lulu and So check check that out on our socials, Ryan, and you
0: So it. I di- I did see that this will come out on the day of that but what I'll do I usually do a guest announcement the week before so I'll announce it and I'll link to that as well so that people can see um, where is that is that online or is it that's in person isn't it
2: that's in person yeah but we'll probably be doing some Instagram lives from there but thank you so much for having us Thank really, you. really, really enjoyed
0: it. My pleasure, absolutely is. And I hope you have a brilliant day and I will keep listening, Jules, for the podcast. I know you were on a bit of a hiatus, but you're back. So yeah. keep, keep going. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a brilliant day.
1: Thanks so much, Ryan. You too. Thanks, Ryan. Take care. Cheers. Cheers. For Bye-bye. Day. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you to you, the listeners, for joining us for another episode of the Press Play and Run podcast. You can really help to support the podcast by subscribing or following on your podcast platform of choice and by leaving a review. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Press Play and Run Podcast and to add the Press Play and Run playlist on Spotify. We'll be back every two weeks with new episodes and please be sure to keep an eye on our Instagram page to find out which guests will be joining us. Until then, keep getting the trainers on, pass play and run